0: hello and welcome to a new episode of the books to last podcast this week we were joined by jess from watch jess reading she had a really fun list of futuristic sci-fi novels and it, she, it was just such an interesting discussion i had a few minor issues with my microphone so if you could just bear with a few tiny tiny technical glitches i promise it would be worth it it was such a really fun discussion and i hope you enjoy Welcome everybody to Books to Last podcast. Uh, I'm Jordan, and this week I am joined by the lovely Jess from Watch Jess Reading. Um, hi, Jess. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm
1: good. Uh, have you been up too much today? Good. Been? Uh, not really. I woke up pretty late today, so <laughs> just been chilling in bed, editing some videos, and yeah. <laughs> It's always, really. good
0: to, always good to treat yourself to a nice lion. Like I, it uh, yeah. yeah. happens so rarely that it's really nice and you can just cherish a nice, a long lion in the morning. Yeah. Um. So are you reading anything at the moment and what are you thinking about it?
1: Yep. So I'm currently reading a Concrete Rose by Angie Thomas. It oh. uh, just recently came out this month and I've been very excited for it. I know a lot of people have as well, actually. Um, and it's uh, yeah I'm really enjoying it it's pretty good at the moment um it's the spin-off from
0: the hate you give I don't know if you've I heard of that I have heard of the, the hate you give I hadn't um I haven't read it um but I have heard like amazing things and I had yeah. um, seen that they were doing a spin-off and uh it's it sounds like a really interesting really good set of books I think I should uh, maybe have a look in their direction at the moment so it's really um really good that you're enjoying what you're reading at the moment I um, yeah. I think I'm about to start The Court of Miracles by Kester Grant so that is okay yeah the next one in yeah. my crosshairs when I yeah I'm not I'm not too familiar with it but I have heard of it yeah online, so. I get I got the copies like when it came out and then like all things 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 got in yeah, the way and yeah. other books happened <laughs> yeah um yeah but that's do the really problem wanna... isn't it yeah I do always, really want to get to that one
1: yeah I'm always like oh, I'm gonna read that book next and then another book will pop up and I'm like oh no I need to read that one and it's just like I can't keep up anymore to be honest there's no easy
0: way to order them <laughs> No. <laughs> okay so just for um, the benefit of the listener the, perp- the idea of the podcast is uh, my guest gets to pick their isolated remote location they're going to be cast away to forever um with all of their needs of, uh, attended to um with five books what remote isolated location would you like to go to jess uh i kind of want to
1: go to space you know and just just be on the moon or on mars or something that sounds sounds like the perfect location for me to be honest uh, I have a massive fascination with space, so I'd be quite happy up there, I think. Well,
0: one-woman uh, satellite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. That is a first space space to sound one. Like yeah. fun. Get a good view. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. So you have chosen five books uh, with just a few rules, restrictions, provisos, as the genie in Aladdin would say. Um, you... Weren't able to pick a complete series or um, compilation. It's sort of, It had to be sort of one book as opposed to, say, a book series, although it is mm-hmm. tempting for some book series. Yeah. <laughs> um, your remote location, in this case space, is fully furnished with all your possible amenities, food and survival needs, and you don't need to have healthcare. So unless you really like first aid guides and building manuals <laughs> are you, don't really need them so you don't need to take them in your five books (laughs) and um, all genres and all kinds of books are up for grabs so nonfiction, poetry, plays, graphic novels, anything that you might be interested in counts as a book. Um, It's quite funny I uh, I hadn't realized quite how necessary some of those rules might have been until I think we were watching The Office last night and they play a similar game where they pick books um, to take to a desert island and White comes up with all sorts of craziness, like book, <laughs> books hollowed out with picks and seeds and all sorts yeah. hidden in them. And I was like, "Yeah, no, I, I made a, I made the right decision." <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> with those five, well, with those few rules in mind, what is the first of your five books that you're taking with you to space? Okay, so
1: my first book would be Dracula by Bram Stoker um it's my all-time favorite book every time I tell people that they're quite shocked because they look at me and they're just like you really like that but uh, I'm considering as well I don't really like classics that much it's quite a bit of an obscure pick for me um but I read that book when I was very young probably like uh 12 13 I think was the first time I read it um and just really stuck with me I really enjoyed it and I've read it so many times since then <laughs> and it's a book that I bring up quite a lot and I think everyone's a bit sick of me uh talking about it now <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, um it's a great choice an iconic one really because I mean it's it's the original vampires yeah it's
1: it's really recognizable as well and even if you haven't like read the book or seen any of the films you know who Dracula is you know it's
0: yeah really excellent choice is that because you did you choose it because uh you read it so early it made such an impression on you or is there something about dracula that really just speaks Um, to you i just
1: i just think it's really timeless you know um and it, it it kind of uh it kind of i feel like it just kind of talks about a lot of things that are still quite current in this uh era as well because even though it was written in the um 1890s I do know that book was kind of inspired by uh fear of invasion there was a lot of like um invasion literature around at that time you know like aliens and scary creatures coming to take over the planet and things like that but um it was also kind of inspired by like England's fear of immigration and other people from other countries coming to the country to live and I think that's still quite a very current topic now Um, and you kind of do get elements of that within the book but also as well I just love the atmosphere of it you know it's so creepy and I don't think anyone has ever written a better atmosphere than Bram Stoker you know he really nails it and it just it just makes you kind of like look over your shoulder a little bit to make sure that there's like no one behind you or, you know standing in the corner of the room um I just really
0: enjoy that aspect of it definitely that sounds I mean you've you definitely sold it to me um <laughs> I uh, I've never been a big reader around horror but um Dracula I have I do have a very nice copy on my shelf that I yeah. has been asking me to read it um for a very long time and I will uh, I will have to you definitely should.
1: Yes. You won't regret it. I promise.
0: <laughs> um, I I will hold you to that promise. I'll I will let you know as soon as I read it yeah. and uh, <laughs> what I think. Excellent. So that's a really excellent, classic, timeless first choice for your five books. What is your second follow up to? Um, Stoker's Dracula.
1: So the second book I would go with would probably be Game of Thrones by George R. R. Martin. Just the first one. Because I know I can't have the whole series. (laughs) Um, But I've never really been into like epic fantasy. I've always struggled with like Lord of the Rings and things like that. But um, when I read this one, I was just completely blown away by it. It, it, I think it helped that I'd already seen a bit of the show um, when it had come out. Um, So that definitely helped because it is a very complicated narrative um but i just really love that book and it's definitely not like anything i've ever read before and it kind of got me into the epic fantasy genre um and yeah i just i love it
0: <laughs> yeah having seen the tv show i i understand is um quite helpful because um i i haven't seen the tv show but i have read the books and there is an extraordinary amount of characters in yes. those books yeah and trying to get them all straight in your head and knowing who's the alliance of who and it doesn't help that every time a new one's introduced you get a list of all of their worldly accomplishments and family members with funny nicknames um (laughs) but um it's a really great intro to the series and i remember i sort of I just read it, and I mean, spoiler alert for anybody who has not yet um, consumed anything Game of Thrones. Where have you been living? How have you managed it? Um, But uh, I remember when I first read it at the behest of um, a friend who recommended it to me. I messaged them after, I think, it's the end of Bran's first chapter, which is right near the beginning of the book. And then there's just a cliffhanger at the end of that chapter that doesn't even get addressed straight away because you go to a different part of the the map and the landscape. You don't even find out what happens to him. I uh I, I remember just completely putting the book down and messaging it and, and it's like that the whole way through. It's it's really yeah. fantasy at, at some of its very best. Yeah. So it's
1: a, I think really nice. I think what works well with those books is well as well, like you just said, you know, it the chapter ends on a cliffhanger and then you go to a different character, maybe you know, two or three different characters, before that cliffhanger is then like addressed and so you just kind of have to keep reading because you want to know but then like there's more cliffhangers you know there's just so many twists and turns in that in the first book alone you know that I I just like I'm just like what is going on you know (laughs) it's just it's crazy and um, it's a very very dense writing style like there is a lot of information but it's all kind of relevant information Um, you know and you'll read something and you're like I'm not sure what that's about and then you'll read like 200 pages later and you're just like oh yeah I get it now so (laughs) it's I, I think it's just really cleverly written
0: yeah, I would love to have um, a brain as skilled as a George R. 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 Martins to get all yeah. of those timelines straight in his head. I think it's amazing how, I mean, you get to the end of that cliffhanger, you're like, no, what's happening here? And then you go to another, you, you turn over to the next chapter, and you go, oh, I don't care what's happening with them. And then you carry on reading, and then you find out you do care about what's happening with them. And then he takes you away from them and takes you to someone else. And then you've got all of these yeah. loose loose ends of plot that you want to know where they go. but you And it's, it's then it all comes together. Yeah. at the right moments and um I think my favorite part of just reading um the books is because the timelines kind of squiggly wiggly timey wimy, all yeah. over the place um it's always really interesting because they're all going to the same places and you're wondering if they're going to cross paths or if they're going to miss each other and it's just yeah um it is really exciting reading I imagine uh, I haven't I've only read the books once but I imagine if you were to if I were to reread them now, I'd probably pick up on so much more detail. Oh, yeah, definitely. I- like I've
1: read I think I've read the books twice now. And on the second time round, um, I definitely noticed a lot more things that I completely skipped over the first time. And then you're just like, oh my gosh, how did I miss that? You know, it's like there's there's so many clues and things to what's going on, and it's so obvious but it's just written in a way that you just kind of brush it to the side or you just don't notice it at first. It's kind of frustrating, you know, you get a bit annoyed with yourself that you didn't realise that at the start, but that's why it's so good in my opinion. It's just, you could just read it so many times and I think you'd just find something different
0: every single time with it. Definitely, very Um, well hidden Easter eggs the whole way through. Um, Excellent, so we've got Bram Stoker's Dracula, George R.R. R. Martin A Game of Thrones and that is joined by your third book which is uh, Gone
1: Girl by Gillian Flynn
0: not I one I've it, read
1: but... yeah is <laughs> I feel like it's a bit of a controversial choice because it's a very popular book but since being online and talking to people about about books and mentioning that Gone Girl is one of my favourite thrillers I've had a lot of people say that they don't really like it so which surprised me because I thought you know it's one of the most popular thriller books um I assumed that everybody loved it but apparently not.
0: <laughs> is that to do I mean to apart it's okay if you have uh, not really sure, but is that to do with say maybe personal opinion or is that more to do with um is there something specific in the content of the book because I'm familiar um, with the general gist of the story and I think I've yeah. read excerpts from a studying point of view um yeah. but um aside from that I've not really seen a lot of discussion around I think it's
1: it. just um it probably is personal opinion but I have had a lot of people say as well that they didn't really like the writing style um they just found it a bit kind of like convoluted or just not easy to understand But well, I didn't really get that I I thought it was quite a simple writing style. So I don't know. It's probably just, you know, personal tastes and, you know, people like different things. So, but I really enjoyed this one.
0: Oh, definitely. Reading so um, very subjective to, I mean, everything from the tense to the way, uh, to the person it's told into to just all different ways. I mean, I personally know I'm not really much for books that are written purely in letter form um but I know some people love those kinds of books so I think it all comes down to personal preference for anybody who's listening who maybe doesn't know what Gone Girl's about would you mind giving a a bit of a brief I figured with Dracula and Game of Thrones maybe most people had sort of a general idea but just in case people missed Gone Girl in the mainstream what is it about?
1: Yes, so Gone Girl focuses on this married couple. Um, It's told from two perspectives, so you've got Nick who's the husband and it starts with him arriving home on his fifth wedding anniversary to discover that his wife Amy has gone missing Um, and we also then follow Amy's perspective um, but in the form of her diaries where she talks about the earlier stages of the relationship and what kind of led up to her disappearance. Um, And so we're just following um, Nick because he's trying to find out what happened to Amy Um, and it kind of just focuses on the unreliable narrator trope a bit and you don't really know 100% who's telling the truth or what's going on um, and things like that and it's, it's got a lot of twists and turns in it. Um, And it doesn't end in a way that you would expect it to. Um, It's very, it's very suspenseful and it definitely makes you think and question about the character's
0: motives a little bit. Sounds really interesting. Are you a big reader of thrillers? What is it about this one that really stands out to you against others?
1: Um, Yeah, I I love thrillers. It's my favourite genre to read. Um, But this one, I think, is just, I think the suspense in it um is really strong um so strong that when I first read it I read it in like a night it was just like so hard to put down and again it's just the unreliable narrator um thing going on and you just don't really know who's telling the truth um and you can you find yourself um you always want to kind of pick a side with a certain character in a book but with this one I kind of um found myself like picking one side and then I changed my mind and I'd pick the other side and then I'd swap back um and it was just yeah I was just so eager to find out what was happening and I think it paid off really well in the end as well got all of
0: morally ambiguous who's the good guy who's the bad guy yeah things um it was um I think you can tell a book's really well written and the author really knows what they're doing and what their vision is when um he, he, you can't even decide yourself what is sort of the correct size to be on because there's there is no right one it's it's interesting and um I mean I uh thrillers weren't always a genre that I was massively interested in but I the few books that I have read in that genre is it's really artful the way that again it's it's like bring like with George R, R. Martin bringing together all those threads but without the fantasy element and just human interaction and characterisation yeah. and, and all that sort of thing is, is really, really interesting. Um, and it's also a film, isn't it? If, if gone- Yeah, but I haven't actually seen the film, which
1: is, is uh, really bad of me, considering it's one of my favourite books. So I do need to get on that. Um, it is on my list of films to watch during lockdown. So hopefully I will get to that very soon. <laughs> um, see if it's as good as the book that's my thing I'm always I'm one of those people you know I want it to be as good as the book and if it's not it kind of ruins it a bit for me so I don't know we'll see but
0: it's always really disappointing (laughs) when your favorite book has like just materializes a like a poor adaptation and and it's heartbreaking. Um I generally at this point I've learned my lesson enough times that I always go into all on-screen avata- adaptations of any book I've re- read even whether whether I liked it or just thought it was okay. I go in with like rock bottom expectations. Yeah. <laughs> so if they impress me, they do impress me, but for the most part I expect literally nothing from adaptations and I treat it as something completely separate from the book cuz yeah it upsets me too much. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a
1: good tip. I think I'll do that. <laughs>
0: awesome so we've got a classic horror we have a reasonably contemporary epic fantasy and yeah. a contemporary thriller we've got quite a range of uh, genres going on what is the fourth book that's joining your little mini library um yeah so this is
1: going to be a totally different genre again um uh but my fourth book would be the humans by matt haig Um, So this is, well, it's kind of a mixture of different genres, but it's kind of um, uh, contemporary, but with a sci-fi twist on it. And it basically follows an alien who is sent to Earth to um, kind of retrieve uh, this mathematical equation that has been discovered by a university professor um, and make sure that... Uh, the human race doesn't um, you know know about it because it could like advance the human race in a way that would be catastrophic to the rest of the universe Um, and so this alien is sent to earth and he wakes up in the body of this university professor called Andrew and he has to kind of um, blend in with humans um, as well and kind of deal with Andrew's family, his wife and his son, and make sure they don't kind of figure out what's going on while he's also trying to go on this mission to make sure that the equation doesn't get out and get in the wrong hands. And it's just, it's it's so much fun and it's so funny and so witty as well. And it is ridiculous at the same time, but I absolutely adore it. And it's definitely one of my favourite Matt Haig books. Um, and it's a book that I always recommend to everyone if they just want something quite... Uh, different to read
0: it's very unique <laughs> um that sounds really really interesting I do like um sci-fi and the concept of um, an alien trying to blend in with human beings actually um sounds really really funny um I, I always love the the sci-fi trope of we can't let humans advance too much because they will destroy yeah. everything because it's a really I mean if I had to <laughs> and I feel yes. <laughs> painfully on point that um yeah yeah, I feel like if we I don't think we should advance past our atmosphere I think we should stay where we are (laughs) um but it's uh really really interesting that's it's so strange because I had a particular idea of um Matt Haig as an author in my mind and I don't think I would have um thought of that as a plot of one of his books in particular just because I think I got the idea that I kind of thought all of his books were kind of sad and very thoughtful. Um, yeah. So he, obviously he's a very big
1: um, mental health advocate. Um, and the last book, the most recent book that he released that I've just read the midnight library does focus very heavily on that, but I've read his other books and they all kind of deal with a lot of um, slice of life situations um, and, and, kind of like family dynamics and kind of looking at um, you know uh, in the humans you know he's kind of looking at uh, the human race in general and kind of like the r- ridiculous things that we do as humans as well and um, kind of like just uh, discussing what it means to be human I guess and a lot of his books kind of focus on that kind of thing as well so but they all have like a very different twist on them so they're contemporary but they'll have like a fantasy element to them or a horror element and they're just so much fun to read and i really encourage everyone to pick them up because they're not they're not sad at all i think he's a very funny writer and i think he really taps into the human experience really well he really gets it um and i just really enjoy his work
0: sounds like it's a really uh, glowing recommendation and i imagine sci-fi would be good to read whilst yeah. surrounded by space <laughs> and it yeah. sounds really really fun that actually i think i'm good that's yeah that one's definitely gonna have to make it onto my tbr because i uh, yeah. i like the concept <laughs> and um, i hear so much about matt haig i feel like he is an author that i need to read at least one or two of his books yeah up because... well this is the thing that like,
1: i'd heard of him so much and seen his books like in the bookshops but I never really felt tempted to pick them up and then one day I was just like you know I'm just going to try it and I read The Humans and I was just like wow okay this is really good um so he's he's definitely he's probably a bit like Marmite like some people love him and some people hate him but uh, the general consensus is I think that people really like his books and they're just they're, they're easy reads you know you don't really have to think too hard about them And they're just a lot of fun and they'll make you laugh and they'll make you smile and they might make you a bit sad, but they generally
0: always end on a happy note. So, yeah. (laughs) Well, we like a happy ending. And um, I think having that sort of roller coaster of emotions is kind of it's a marker of a good book. So that is a really good one. Excellent. So, I mean, are we keeping up with the diversity of genres with our fifth and final choice? So you've, I mean, you're um, going to have so lots of range whilst you're reading. Yes.
1: Um, yeah, so my, my last book would be Scythe by Neil Shusterman, um, which is a very popular book um, at the moment, but I actually read it in 2019, so quite a while ago. Um, And I don't really read young adult fantasy quite that much, but this one really stood out to me because, again, it was just very different and it had a very unique concept. Um, And it's set in a, well, they call it a dystopian world, but I would rather call it a utopia because it's kind of set in a world where everything's pretty perfect, you know, and there's no illnesses and you can't, like, no one can die from natural causes. um, And... You know, it's a technically, uh, technologically advanced um, world. And so, yeah, no one's dying anymore. Um, and so they have these um, scythes who will randomly select someone and will glean them, uh, kill them, uh, just as a way to kind of keep the population in check, stop the planet from becoming overcrowded, Um, and the scythes are kind of like you know regarded as celebrities in the world um and I mean there's just so much going on in this book that it's really hard to talk about it without like spoiling it for people but in the first book you're following these two um teenagers called Rowan and Citra who um become recruited by the scythed and, and they train as scythes um and we're just following them on their journey, um, and there's, yeah, there's just there's just so much going on, and it's just a really, it's really different for a young adult fantasy, and I thought it was quite dark as well, actually.
0: I think that's the interesting, I think that's the interesting thing about dystopias, because um, they, I mean, they're generally sort of classified as dystopian fiction, yeah, um, and usually the trope is that the world is, well from the ones that i've read thingy you start from the prota- the protagonist of uh, a young person living in that world and they're under the impression that they live in a utopia that is perfect and has no faults and then they get wise to the ways because of course nobody but a 16 year old uh, child can get wise to the ways of a utopian world um and find out it's actually a dystopian one and i think it's a really interesting progression because i um i think the reason it's, pop- it's so popular in like young adult fiction is because I think everyone kind of remembers transitioning between being a teenager and becoming an adult and starting to see flaws in the world that you perhaps missed when you were quite young in a kind of really abstract, really out there kind of way. But Side has been one that's uh, been recommended to me a few times and it's been on the list because it's got a really distinctive cover.
1: Yes, the red and yellow um, on the front, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it really seems to set itself apart in that kind of design from so many um, other books in the genre. And um, it sounds like a really, really interesting concept because um, I was finding it really interesting because with dystopian or YA fantasy, um, the idea that any kind of one organisation can control who lives and who dies um, really grates yeah. on people, yet they also don't like the idea of people dying from natural causes either so really the solution is that no one dies ever um yeah (laughs) um but it sounds like really interesting is there a reason why I mean you say you don't read many uh YA fantasy is there a particular reason for that or um why Um, this one really stood out yeah I mean I, I I don't really read a lot of it now
1: just because I found a lot of it quite similar there are a lot of very similar books out there and there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. Um, but, you know, I, I just like unique concepts and things that make me think a little bit harder. And this book definitely does that. And it does kind of make you question about, you know, like what the future might be. Because um, I think a lot of the things that are in this book, you know, could potentially happen in the future um and we're kind of seeing it now a little bit because in this book as well there's kind of a big brother element where there's this big AI called the thunderhead that kind of watches over everybody and kind of monitors what you do um and so you're kind of seeing that a little bit now with the whole lockdown situation and um so I I kind of I like that aspect to it as well because it kind of makes you think you know what would you do in a world like that like How would you cope? And it seems like at the moment, everyone in this book is pretty okay with living like that. But as these two kids find out pretty um, quickly, you know, that the world is very dark and there are a lot more things going on that they don't quite understand. So they have to kind of um, adjust to that really quickly. And I haven't really seen anything
0: like that in a YA uh, fantasy for quite some time. Definitely, it sounds really interesting, and I think it's um, it's kind of the last few times uh, that so doing a few episodes speaking to different people about their five books, and I think it's really interesting to see running themes between the sort of five books that are chosen. And you seem to, I think, I mean, even with Game of Thrones, because Game of Thrones tends to retell a lot of uh, medieval history, and people. I know a lot of people read Game of Thrones and they think a lot of it's really messed up and how could anyone come up with that? But quite a bit of it is based on like actual things that happened in in history. And I think it's really interesting that even from sort of Bram Stoker, who was very sort of ahead of his time and it was a really poignant um, concept and um, commentary on the society he lived in. And like you say, still maintains to this day. um, There's a thread of sort of, futurism and how our past can echo to define the future but also um, help us understand development and that sort of thing and I find it really interesting that you leaned more towards a, a space location for your location but then all of your books <laughs> seem to be future like it's just really really interesting to see that yeah. sort of futurism <laughs> I didn't
1: I didn't notice that but now you mention it I yeah I can see <laughs> Yeah, I think, sorry, carry
0: on. I was just saying, it's just a really, it, it's a really interesting forward-thinking sort of reticent kind of list because it's, it's just all the books are quite thoughtful in that they kind of, they're looking at things that most people either see every day or don't see very often. And um, there's like a strange like sort of thought process even with Gone Girl and its commentary on sort of human actions and all of that sort of thing. It's just interesting um, that that had that theme. I I just found that interesting with your final choice which i mean YA does tend to i completely agree because i don't read as much YA as i used to read because i read a lot of it when i was sort of the age targeted for it, i suppose would be the word although anyone of any age can read it and enjoy it um but i do think um there there are a lot of books coming out these days in that genre that seem to be shaking up what I saw to be the classic rule bag of this is what a YA book must have um but there is so many books that are really similar and it's really interesting when something like stands out from the crowd in sort of concept and setting yeah that sort of thing yeah well that's really great do you want to just give us your five books um so that anybody listening who maybe liked what they heard might want to check them out and have a look at them online
1: yeah, sure. So we've got Dracula by Bram Stoker for my first choice, and then we've got A Game of Thrones by George R. R. Martin, which I encourage everyone to read. If you haven't read, have you haven't read it or seen the show? Then I don't know where you've been for the last ten years. <laughs> and then we've got A Gone Girl by Gillian Flynn and The Humans by Matt Haig, and then Scythe by Neil Schusterman
0: really excellent choices I imagine they were really hard to narrow down do you have any honourable mentions ones that you um wanted to make the list but didn't quite edge out one of your five?
1: Yeah um so I'd like to give an honourable mention to uh The Passengers by John Mars which is a very recent read for me I read it uh back in December And that's a thriller. And again, it focuses on kind of like the futuristic element and driverless cars um, and how they could um, potentially have very dangerous consequences um, for people who use them. And that was just a very kind of very tense thriller. Um, And I think John Mars is a very talented writer as well. And he really kind of, he really forces you to keep reading um, just because he ends everything on a cliffhanger. So that made it into one of my all-time favorite books very quickly. Um, and I haven't really stopped thinking about it since I read it.
0: Um, won't be get into a Tesla <laughs> any- won't we getting into a Tesla anytime soon?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: no, um, probably just walk for the time being. <laughs> and then I'd also like to give an honorable mention to another recent read actually, um, which is Ziggy, Stardust and Me by James Brandon, um, which is a YA uh, historical fiction, um, but it's kind of got elements of magical realism uh, in it as well. And um, it's inspired by um, a lot of things that were happening in 1973, um, like the Watergate scandal and the Vietnam War Um, And it's about a young gay teenager who is going through conversion therapy um, and he meets another young boy who is a Native American boy. um, And they have a very beautiful relationship, which I thought was just written so well. Um, And I just think The Riot did such an amazing job of making me feel quite emotional, actually, because there are a lot of scenes in the book that are very kind of hard to read, but also really important as well. And I think a lot of people would learn a lot about what it would have been like to be a gay man in that time. Um, cause they didn't have a very easy uh, time of it back then. Um, and yeah, I just can't stop thinking about that book as well. Um, really enjoyed it. Sounds
0: really lovely. Yeah, it's, it sounds really lovely. I, um, I, it's not one I've heard of, but it is really interesting. Um, to read stories where, from the point of view of maybe people who've got such a different sort of experience of life and um, I, I just wanted to comment I really love how clued in you are to all of your uh, genres um, and their names um, because I, I often find myself when I'm trying to explain books to people they're like well what genre is it or when I'm trying to yeah. summarize it or tags or any of that sort of thing and I'm trying to think I'm like I don't know what genre it is it's just a book I just picked it up And uh, trying to really clue into sort of themes, I just I thought that was really really um, cool. Um, Those are your two honourable mentions. Did you any other books that you just were thinking? Oh, just maybe I mean, we're
1: gonna we're gonna be here all day if I if I um, if I go down this route. But um, I'd probably mention as well the Dead Fathers Club by Matt Haig. because that was a very surprising book Um, because out of all the Matt Haig books, I wasn't sure if I was going to like that one the most. And I ended up really loving it. Um, And that one is, uh, I think it's a Shakespeare retelling, or it's inspired by Shakespeare um, and uh, Macbeth. Um, And it's all about a young boy whose father was... um, his father died um and then his father's ghost appears to him uh, in his bedroom one night and tells him that it was his uncle who killed him and
0: uh wants uh, the young boy to go and oh is it hamlet sorry yes, hamlet yeah. i really know because literally the episode i just recorded <laughs> we talked about hamlet at length <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, i knew it was one of them but um yeah so he tries to convince his son to go and kill his uncle and you're just following this young boy as um, he goes off to try and get justice for his dad's death. And it's just a whole lot of fun. It's a real roller coaster, And I love it because it's written as if a child would write it. So it's completely devoid of any kind of punctuation and grammar and things like that, which, you know, normally I'll be like, oh, this is terrible. But because it's from a kid's perspective, you know, a nine year old's perspective, it kind of makes sense for it to be written that way. And it's just, it's just so fast paced and it's such a good laugh as well. I found myself howling with laughter when I was reading it. And just I want to be friends with this kid. Because you know, he just says things as it is. And he he's just so brutally honest. Um, he really tries as well, bless him. I absolutely adore him. So I would probably put that one on the list as well.
0: That sounds really interesting. I mean, a I once when I was younger I read a book from the um, perspective of a dog and I remember finding that absolutely hilarious just because <laughs> some of the stuff the author came out with was completely bizarre yeah. but actually like you know like you know that is accurate that is how a dog would see things yeah. um, and I, I think it's always really interesting when a writer can write say convincingly from the uh, perspective of someone who who is a child and, and, and doesn't have the same sort of understanding of the world as as everyone else, that's sounds another really great recommendation. Another Matt Haig book that sounds really, really good. Oh, yeah. Okay, I feel like I might be being converted to. He this. has,
1: he has got a book written from the perspective of a dog as well. Um,
0: You've sold me. So you me. could give
1: that one a try as well.
0: <laughs> You've sold me. I'm there. I'm. I'm now. I'm now. I'm at Hague stand. Apparently, I will. I will go. All of these books of his that sounds so great. Oh, excellent. Right. Well it was a really amazing list and also equally brilliant on un- honorable mentions if only we could take an entire library with us to space but um you know shipping weights and all that sort of thing would just, never <laughs> happen <laughs> so thank you so much for your book books the- they're really excellent recommendations and I am um, I hope anyone listening um goes and checks one of them out if they wanted to check out more book recommendations from you and more things you like to say about books where could they find you say on the internet or other locations
1: yeah so i have a youtube channel um called what's jess reading where i just talk about yeah book recommendations books i like i probably talk about all of the books i've mentioned here quite a lot on my channel so (laughs) um and then i also have instagram and twitter which are both what's jess reading
0: so you can find me on there as well some excellent branding (laughs) yeah (laughs) We we like to have consistent branding across all social media platforms it makes it very easy for people to find excellent so listeners go check out jess and her channel i did i've watched many of her videos and she does give excellent recommendations such as these um if you wanted to check out the podcast on social media we also have instagram twitter and facebook all at books to last pod um we because podcast was apparently too long so that's at books to last pod <laughs> um we are currently on apple podcasts and many many other great podcast providers um soon to be coming to many more hopefully uh and if you liked this episode and any of the other episodes you might have listened to go check out some more of them and uh, maybe recommend it to a friend or someone who needs even more book recommendations because honestly do we have enough on our tbr does anyone (laughs) nope (laughs) nope never (laughs) thank you so much for listening and yes thank you so so much for joining me um you're welcome until next time to any of the listeners out there um goodbye for now goodbye yeah,